the mistake is just not knowing how to actually set it up to learn something from it. So it's like you end up running dollars because you always did run dollars and you're basically like, I'm trying to uh, cover up what I spent last year. Um, and I'm not actually uh, thinking through how to properly account uh, for my spend. So it's a, mm. you know, so we think of media as like every, every dollar you spend has a job to do. So you got to understand yes. what the job is and how to measure whether it's, uh, how well it's performing at that task. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give and Ovation. I am joined today by Paul McEnany. He is a content strategist, product wizard, host of the Tastemakers podcast, which everybody should follow, by the way, and founder and co-CEO of Plain Air Agency, a marketing consultancy built for brands like Burger King, Dickies, Tropical Smoothie Cafe, and Churches, among other delicious brands. Uh, Paul, thanks for coming on Give and Ovation, my man. Of course. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I, I like the transition to podcast voice. We got podcast yeah. Zach. Okay, uh, here we here. are. Podcast Zach. <laughs> uh, Paul, first of all, tell me a little bit about uh, being co-CEO of Plain Air Agency. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, so which part? The co-CEO part or the, I think most, there's a lot of people that are inter- interested in us as a company because we're sort of a weird amalgamation of, uh, you know, uh, growth engines for restaurants, let's say. Uh, and then a lot of people are interested in the co-CEO part because it's like you don't actually see that very often. Well, then I guess I'm not very but, unique because I am like a lot of people twice. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> so well, let's <laughs> let's start. The co-CEO part, I think, is a uh, fabulous idea because like not anybody can be everywhere all at once, and we all have our different yeah. strengths. And there, are, you know, um, for there, I you know when I started the company, and there's a you know the first half of our life cycle was just me as CEO. And uh, from a business perspective, my attitude was largely, is there more money coming in than going out? Okay, uh-huh. business business plan check. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so a lot of it is just, uh, Jason came on, Jason was always on the, uh, he was on the board of Plain Air from very early on. Uh, and, you know, um, we have very uh, similar values and similar mindsets and similar thinking on the um, on where the industry is headed, and but we just approach problems in a very different way. We have different skill sets, so it's a complementary piece. That I would recommend, you know, I, as I'm sure you're um, well aware from running your company, it's a lonely gig too. Um, yeah. So, and it's nice to have the counterparts to kind of um, you know just bat stuff around. Uh, so if you set it up right and think through the pitfalls of it and really talk through who's doing what and who owns what decisions, it can work really well. Well, and, and I then, think the other thing is yeah. that it's, it's just interesting. There's a forcing function of communication and of delegation. Whereas when you're the sole CEO, a lot of times you can kind of assume or things that will just get like, you know, left on your plate. And you're like, wait a second, how'd that get left there? You you have yeah. to decide who's doing what and what's going where. And I think that, the, anyway, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that is interesting. You, you're the second co-CEO that um, 
that I know who has great things to say about it. it it's, uh, you know, I, 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 well, hopefully I would never have to make a different decision. Um, you know, we'll, uh, we'll ride this plane air thing until, uh, <laughs> until I'm done with working, I guess. But, um, it, it's, I would recommend it to, I mean, I think it, it really is like, uh, you have to put time and energy into the relationship and into the setup to make it work. But I think most people who go into it have done that work and aren't just like, you know, we can't really decide on a hierarchy. So we're just going to dive in. So, and I think yeah, that's, yeah. uh, you know, if you're thoughtful about how you approach it, it's really, uh, it's been great for us. So cool. And then tell us about plain air. <clears throat> so, yeah, so plain air, we're also just kind of a weird but- company. We started off, uh, there's four of us at the founding. My background is in strategy. We had our head of creative, uh, creative head of technology, head of media and analytics. And we sort of grew up around those disciplines. But, um, you know, I think about three months in, we decided to go all in at a restaurant for a few different reasons. All of us had a ton of experience in the space. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a unique pace to the industry that most agencies just don't get and have a, have a lot of problems with. So we're kind of uniquely set up and wired to just run By fast. unique pace, you mean restaurants go so slowly? Is that oh yeah. It's about? like, you know, uh, you know, it's, we, it's barely doing anything really. So, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, what we always say is like, you know, it's not like if you're a CPG company and you have a product sitting on the shelf uh, and you don't get that sale on a Friday, you can go back and get that sale on a Saturday. Yep. The, uh, in a restaurant space, if you don't fill that seat, it's gone. So there's no way to refill the seat from uh, from two days ago. Yeah. If your so chef isn't it, reaching max capacity, if your kitchen isn't reaching max capacity, then like you're leaving money on the table. Your theoretical uh, yeah. costs. Like, yeah, there's just so much there that is is so different from like a, a B2B SaaS company. Totally. Uh, so, and I think, you know, our, so from a mindset or a mentality, we're just really set up well for the industry. And now we just, you know, we do it every day. And, you know, I think most agencies kind of, they uh, make the decision of, you know, okay, so we we have our big restaurant clients. So now we're going to go get our big car clients and then we're going to go get our big uh-huh. bank client or whatever. And for us, we just kind of said, like, let's just keep on doing this is really good at it. Um, and, you know, over time, uh, we just kind of keep on adding because we keep on seeing problems that nobody's really fixing as well as uh, we like. So, you know, we added our first head of culinary a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we brought in our uh, first head of, uh, you know, uh, data and analytics from, uh, you know, more of the business side as well. Um, and, you know, we launched our own influencer group um, and about a year ago at this point, which is Largely, I mean, most of influencer marketing relationships don't really work for regional restaurant chains. That these are the people that we typically work with. So, um, and if you think of it like, um, you know, you you work with somebody that has a million followers when they put up a post, maybe you know, maybe a hundred thousand if you're lucky actually see that post, and you have no idea where those people are. Uh, so, yeah. uh, for a company that's got 300, 400 units in the southeast, um, you know that doesn't really work very well. If you know, you might end up paying for a million followers, then you end up getting, I don't know, 20,000 people in your trade area who actually see a post. So ours is much more of a, you know, uh, media and uh, media driven approach to influencer marketing with all the same content consulting and all the other stuff that you would expect from an influencer marketing company. Uh, And then from the technology side, it's a big, I mean, a really big piece of what we do. um, Whereas like, you know, early on in our life cycle, you know, the uh, website or app that we did was largely because we had the relationship 
uh, from an AOR perspective. And now a lot of that's reversing where we start with a technology relationship and then we build to other parts of our business as well. So it's a bit of a weird, weird, uh, mutt kind of company, but um, it's a lot of fun too. Well, that's awesome because, you know, I got my start in the agency in New York and having that agency background, I feel like you understand how to run a big project. And there's a lot of crazy things that go on in the restaurants and, and it is so nuanced. It's nice that when there's an agency that can understand everything from the guest sees your brand for the first time, all the way through the kitchen, all the way through the guest is now in a post experience. And yeah. what do you do? And I think, I think that's, yeah. that's powerful to understand that customer journey at every step, because usually you don't, right? I did yeah. some work with Dunkin' Donuts in my, in my agency life. And I spent, I would spend a third of my day working on Dunkin' Donuts, a third of my day working on a contact lens company, and a third of my day yeah. working on doing office and admin stuff, right? Yeah. And it's like, so I never really got to understand Dunkin' Donuts as well as, um, as well as I needed to, to really make a significant impact, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a, what we always talk about is you get hired another agency, but the part of the problem is you're you know, a large, a, a huge portion of the money you're spending on that agency is just teaching them how restaurants work. So yeah, exactly, I, there is a, a balance in, um, you know, you do want, uh, we do need to take sort of a third party view in, in certain circumstances. And a part of our role is to bring creative thinking and creativity more generally into an organization uh, so you don't, you know, at one, one hand, we have to be um, one foot out so we can kind of see the bigger perspective and see where things are moving. But at the same time, you're not having to teach us, um, you know, what the language is. And a lot of the problems we, the restaurant industry has are super complex uh, pieces to think through. And it's not just about making an ad. It's about, you know, what the experience actually looks like, how do the consumers uh, touch and feel the things that you're creating. And, you know, there's, you know, of course, the digital side of it is a really big deal today. So how does the digital uh, part of it interact with, you know, uh, uh, with what's happening actually in the store? So it's like a yeah, lot of yeah. just very complex thinking that's required. Uh, and even just from a skill set perspective, doing merchandising at a store level is a very different skill set than being able to create a, you know, TV spot. One of the things that's so critical is understanding that everything communicates. This is something that you and I talked yeah, about on right. the Tastemaker podcast, yeah. where you can't have a different vibe and feel of your in-house um, designs and your social media. Like You need to create right. the expectations of what's going to happen. And I think that, that advertising does a great, um, is a great tool to do that. And in my opinion, one of the biggest mistakes that people make in advertising is they set the wrong expectations because your guest satisfaction is 99% based off of the expectations that are set before they walk in. And, yeah. and those expectations are set by your social media, by your parking lot, by the lighting, by what the window looks like, by what your DoorDash listing looks like, by how the pictures of your food are taken. All of that sets an expectation and when you make that expectation, um, when you set the right expectation, then you're able to have a higher satisfaction. But I want to flip that to you, Paul, as someone who is uh, much more expert in this. You, you've forgotten more about advertising than I'll ever learn. But what is something that, what's a mistake that you see a lot of restaurants make with advertising? Oh, God. Um, I mean, to be honest, most of it, 
the mistake is just not knowing how to actually set it up to learn something from it. So it's like you end up running dollars because you always did run dollars and you're basically like, I'm trying to uh, cover up what I spent last year. Um, and I'm not actually uh, thinking through how to properly account uh, for my spend. So it's a, mm. you know, so we think of media as like every, every dollar you spend has a job to do. So you got to understand yes. what the job is and how to measure whether it's uh, how well it's performing at that task. So just think- to put it in a very simple terms. So like there's a lot of restaurant companies that they um, spend a lot of money in advertising, but they spend it in conversion media. Uh, and they you can come in and say, well, we got a, you know, we're getting a 75 cent conversion to our, you know, on our digital spend to our, uh, you know, to our online ordering or whatever. The problem is like you can game the system to kind of bring that cost down. It doesn't mean it's an incremental spend. So you end up actually right. just throwing money towards customers that were going to buy from you anyway. So your metrics look great for boardroom, but they're not actually doing anything for you. Uh, so, and I think that's just the the challenge for, um, you know, understanding how you weight each medium uh, by what it's actually doing for your business overall in total. Um, and then how to think about your overall allocation of spend. So you're not just, you know, uh, spending everything on, uh, you know, customer on customers that were already going to come in, which is really for a lot of the digital algorithms are set up like they win by targeting people who are going to come in anyway, because it makes Facebook and Google and companies like that look way better. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I think it's, it's a, it's uh, the biggest problem with the overall spend is just thinking about how to strategically move the business um, and understand the actual impact of your spend, which most Love people, it. even much larger companies have problems with that. And what do you think along with that, once you get them in and, and it's all about this, the experience. So what, what do you think is one of the most important aspects of guest experience nowadays? Um, you know, it's an interesting question because the, 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 uh, it's a question that invites lots of other questions. So a lot of it depends on like, what am I actually trying to, what, what is the experience I'm trying, trying to create? If I'm a drive through, you know, coffee chain versus, uh, you know, a 24 hour diner versus a fine dining location. It's like each one of those are, uh, you know, the experience you're trying to actually create is very different, which means that your priorities should be really different too. And I think, you know, um, in general, one of the the things that keeps like what we do exciting, is just, you know, even within each one of those kind of core segments, you're doing a lot of the same, like functionally, everybody's got to check out or, you know, you've got uh-huh. uh-huh. to sit down dining experience. There's going to be some kind of server interaction, or if you're, you know, talking about an app, you know, you're going to search a menu, you're going to check out, you're going to add stuff to your cart, you're going to use a promo code. It's all these different activities that are exactly the same from, you know, from client to client. The challenge is to, um, you know, uh, to look at that as an opportunity to say, how do we make that special? How do we do things that only the, that only uh, this specific brand can do? So you're doing the exact same. Functionally, you're creating this exact same kind of experience for your customers, uh, but you're doing it in a way that really feels unique and special for the customer for that brand only. And that's a really interesting challenge to solve. Um, and I think, you know, it just in um, total a lot of the industry was using these very template, highly templated kind of experiences um, and seeding the interface to other companies. And yeah. I think we're moving in a world that that's, a lot of that's going to end up changing because I think 
you know, that interaction with the customer is like everything. So it's a, a lot of the stuff behind the scenes can be based on very common technologies that a lot of other companies are using. But ultimately, what is the experience that you're going to create for your guests is something you really got to own. Um, so anyway, I think, I that's, think that's absolutely right. That it's like, you, the the answer is you got to dive in and and meet the customers where they're at. You The most important aspect of guest experience is making sure that you are aligning the experience to the guest. And I think yeah. that that is, yeah. that is really critical to first understand who are you and why do your guests care about you? And then make sure that you're fulfilling those, those promises and, and totally. promises and I, said or unsaid. A hundred percent. It's the, the uh, where, where does your brand fit in your customer's lives? And then how do you use everything to reinforce what that relationship should, should actually be like? It's not just about selling food. It's about the total experience overall. Um, like I, I do think there are, are markers or questions that you should be asking that should be common across, you know, uh, most companies and whether that's a, you know, are you using, are you using your customer data to make actual decisions and not just allocate points to your guests? Uh, are your interfaces reacting to your data? So your experience improves as your relationship improves over time. Um, are you thinking about your experience beyond just the app or the website or, you know, the server interaction, really just thinking, thinking through more broadly, like what is the total guest experience we're trying to create? Um, like there are a lot of questions that I think you can ask, but it all fundamentally boils down to what purpose are you trying to serve here? Like what are you actually trying to be for your guests? And then having a very clear vision of that and everything else falls out of that part. Love that. Uh, What are some successful tips or things that you've seen lately? Um, Successful tips. I mean, there's a a lot of different things in a lot lot of different ways. I think, um, you know, um, a lot of, um, you know, there's some like super tactical stuff, just some, you know, like getting smarter with how you're thinking about upsells uh, getting smarter about how you think about, um, you know, where reward fits and how it works and where it fits in all the other, all the other pieces of your overall infrastructure. So, but ultimately, I mean, I think that the, the biggest thing is being clear about, um, I mean, it's all, it's very similar to the media spend. It's being very clear about what is the purpose? What is the why behind every decision you're making uh-huh. and being clear about what is your why, how are you going to measure it? Um, and using that as your kind of your guiding light for how you move forward. So, um, I, I, you know, it's hard to just say like, here's one single tactic that's like, you know, everybody should be doing this because it really should be about how do you make something special for your specific guest? Um, so anyway, hopefully that somewhat answered your question. No, I think, I think that's brilliant because as you understand, just, I, I think, I think the tip that I would suss out of this is don't do things because other brands are doing them do things because you because it fits your brand and your guest, and then make sure that you're measuring is it working and and is it working i'm doing finger quotes right now is really dependent on what are you trying to achieve and so if you're trying things and you don't have a goal of saying hey here's what we're going to do then don't do it right come up with what makes sense what dollar amount makes sense to bring in what type of customer and is it working or is it not and if you can't measure it then you know question if you if you should do it or not. Um, 100%. Now Paul, how do uh, who, who deserves novation in the restaurant industry? Who is somebody that we should be following? Uh, I'm going to I can uh, give a couple good client examples. How about that? Uh, so we have uh, Sergio Perez over at the Bojangles who you know uh, 
that a couple of us at that play have known for a very long time is just like he's doing a lot of really interesting things and pushing things forward very quickly. And obviously we're, you know, kind of a part of that too. So it's a lot of fun for us as well. Um, you know, we just had uh, one of our clients main events um, kind of had, it was a more unique transaction with Dave and Buster's buying them, but Chris, their CEO became the CEO of the overall organization. So uh, there's all kinds of really interesting pieces from, uh, you know, kind of reinventing their overall guest experience, rethinking how you use people when an experience shifts from uh, that face-to-face to um, much more digital focused. Uh, there's a, a, you know, I, I'm very excited about what the future is going to look like for both those brands with the new leadership at the top. So they're definitely uh, one I'd be watching as well. Awesome. Well, Paul, how do people find and follow you and in, in Air? So I think uh, easiest way to so go to itsplainair.com, uh, which is a, a, obviously a simple way to find us. You can follow me on LinkedIn. You can call my cell phone. It's 214-886-8366. No 214-886-8366. I've done it many times. Uh, but yeah, uh, just give me a shout. And I'm happy to, to talk shop almost any time. Dude, that is awesome. Well, Paul, for being for bringing the brain behind the glasses to help us see advertising a little bit clearer, today's ovation goes to you. Thanks for joining us and thanks for giving out your cell phone number. You know, feel free to reach out to uh, to Paul. Um, thanks, Paul. Really appreciate you coming on, my man. Yeah, that was uh, super fun. I appreciate it. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to OvationUp.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.